Our reading this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Galatians. We're reading from chapter 5, verse 19, to chapter 6, verse 2. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Roger, and um, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Uh, Add my welcome to that of Susan's, um, especially if you're uh, new and this is the first time that you've joined us online. Um, Great to have you with us. Just a couple of things to say. Uh, One is that we are expecting to be back uh, with in-person services next Sunday. You'll hear more about that. Uh, And secondly, tonight, the Open to Questions on uh, uh, covid Uh, struggles, hopes, uh, and all that, um, please do come along to that. Uh, It will be on the the YouTube channel. Uh, Join us for that. I think that will be a really helpful time. I'm sure there will be varied uh, questions and and answers. So please do come uh, and join those uh, us online at that point. Six o'clock tonight. Well, um, let me pray as we begin. God, our Father, thank you so much uh, for your word. And we pray now, as we think about gentleness and faithfulness, that you'll help us and lead us by your spirit into the truth of your word. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I want to begin with by thinking about gentleness. What is um, gentleness? Uh, gentleness, it seems to me, in our society, in our today, has a bit of a credibility um, crisis because when we think of gentleness, we often think of uh, being soft or being timid, that somehow we're, we just grin inanely at things. 
Uh, gentleness tends to be acquainted with words like indecision and diffidence and hesitation. And that tendency has crept into uh, us and into the church, and it may come across more subtly in, in the language that we use. There were two guys from the Harvard Business School who came up with an acronym BHAGS. I wonder if you've heard of that acronym, BHAGS, B-H-A-G, which stands for Big, Hairy, Audacious Goals. And so companies like SpaceX, for example, have as its goal to enable human exploration and settlement on Mars. That's a big goal, isn't it? Um, but, but perhaps more telling for us in our theme is uh, Honda's mission statement that they had um, a few years ago, which was Honda's was to crush, squash, slaughter Yamaha. That certainly is a big, hairy, audacious goal, isn't it? And so leadership culture and our culture seems to be one of, of the brash the aggressive and the, the assertive, a kind of walking over everything, a walking over everyone to achieve our goals. And so we can easily see how gentleness has a, a kind of credibility uh, problem. Until, of course, that is. Until you hit a pandemic. Until you hit unemployment. Uh, where your business hasn't been able to operate for months on, a, on end, and when your, f- your world falls, about, uh, falls apart. And of course, at that moment, the last thing you need is a, is a big, a bee, a bee hag uh, pastor, or a bee hag teacher, or a bee hag doctor, or boss, or friend. It's not that gentleness is wet or, or pathetic, but it's more, I think, akin to a, a physiotherapist. And I happen to have a, a physiotherapist as a, a wife. She trained as a physio. And some physios have a, a terrible reputation as physioterrorists. Um, but the truth is, the good physio combines gentleness with firmness to do the things that are hard and necessary in order to get your your body moving again. I think that's a better perspective of gentleness. Because gentleness is not something that comes to us naturally. It's a spiritual fruit. It's not something that we get from our genes or from our upbringing, but it's something that we see supremely in the person of Jesus. So phrases that go along with gentleness are things like humility, things like thoughtfulness, courteous, consideration, meekness. It's not being soft and pathetic. So uh, the fruit of the Spirit is supremely seen in Jesus. And let's think about Jesus and his gentleness And to do that, we can look right back to Isaiah 40, verse 11. He, talking about the Messiah who was to come, that's King Jesus, tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathered the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. 
he gently leads that, those that have young. See, Jesus knows his people and he cares for them like a, a shepherd. Sheep are, are actually quite tough. Their lambs are not easily carried. They're not easily carried and picked up. But the shepherd doesn't grab them and exercise uh, control over them in a kind of brutal way. He doesn't whack them over their head when they make a mistake or berate them when they go the wrong way. Shepherds are, are strong, but they're also very gentle. They're strong, but they're gentle. And I have a picture of my father at, at home. Uh, my father was a shepherd, and that picture... Um, has him carrying a, a, a lamb, but you can also see his, his hands in the picture, and his hands are very rough and worn, but they're also very strong. Gentleness, you see, combined with firmness. Think about that for a moment in our own context. I don't know, maybe you have a, a supervisor at work who is difficult or prickly, who leads by criticism or by shaming you. Jesus isn't like that at all. He's the gentle king, not using his power and strength to kind of boss you around, but to love you and care for you. Yes, maybe to correct you at times, but combining gentleness with the things that are hard but necessary. That's what we see in Matthew 11, in, uh, as Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Many of us are are burdened, aren't we, right now, with all sorts of things. Burdened with the year that we've had. Burdened in our circumstances. And it's hard to just keep going, isn't it? Jesus spoke um, against the the religious tyrants of his day, the, the Pharisees, for their expectations that they placed on people, the demands um, that uh, they put on people to kind of keep going, to work their socks off. But Jesus just gently comes along and says, come to me, come to me. No performance needed, no need to to put your game face on, no shaming. Someone wrote that Jesus is a lot easier to work for than anyone. And that's true, isn't it? Because he's gentle. And humble in heart. So there's many examples of in Jesus' life uh, of gentleness. I think of him arriving into Jerusalem. He doesn't arrive on a war horse or at a tank. He comes on a donkey. He's not looking like a, a bee hag a, with intimidating, with audacious goals. But he's simply riding on a donkey. Very interestingly, when you turn to Paul and his writing uh, to the church in Corinth, he 
has got a difficult message to deliver to them. And he's thinking, how am I going to say these things that are hard and that these things that need correcting? Listen how he put it. He said in 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, he said, By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold towards you when away, I beg you. But by the humility and gentleness of Christ. You see what he's doing? He's saying, you know the message, you know the message of the gospel has changed your life. How did it change your life? Well, it wasn't by display of raw power, was it? A display of BHAG assertiveness. It was by humility and gentleness of Christ. And therefore, on that basis, I urge you. And so Jesus was gentle. Jesus was gentle. Because he wasn't insipid or soft. Well, you only need to ask the the money changers in the temple. You would only need to ask the Pharisees who he took to task. So with that in mind, let's think for a moment about faithfulness and how that interacts with gentleness. What is faithfulness? We've heard already about it being about integrity, about keeping promises. It's also to do with courageous telling of the truth. Jesus certainly did that too, especially to the Pharisees. Uh, Matthew 23, there's lots of examples there of that. Here's one. Woe to you, he says, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. That's straight talking, isn't it? You shut the door of the kingdom on, heavens, on heaven in people's faces. You're, you yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who were trying to. But does that mean that Jesus was never gentle with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law? If you look at uh, that famous uh, parable, that famous story in Luke 15 of the prodigal son, what do we find? We find Jesus lovingly pleading that the elder brother come into the feast. The point is that this brother represents the Pharisees to whom Jesus was speaking. Let's not forget those were the same people who were trying to kill Jesus, trying to get rid of him. But in the story of the prodigal son, he's pleading with them, imploring them, wanting them to turn and to to repent. And so there you see faithfulness with gentleness combined. And when you think about it, perhaps the most profound moment when we see Jesus displaying faithfulness with gentleness is, of course, the cross. Think of those words that he says on the cross in Luke 23. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus is saying they are sinning, and, and therefore they need forgiveness. That's, that's straight talking. That's him speaking faithfully. And yet he recognises that they're blind and, and ignorant to what is happening. And he shows gentleness to them. And he's, Jesus doesn't call out uh, to, 
to his father, smite them. Uh, What a terrible people they are. He doesn't say how stupid they are, but rather forgive them. Instead, he speaks with gentleness, with generosity, combining the truth of sinfulness with the gentleness. And I think rarely do we combine uh, this in the way that Jesus does. I mean, sometimes we claim we're being faithful when we're really just being condemning and we're being hot-headed. Other times we claim that we're being gentle when actually we're just slipping into compromise and to cowardice. But to those who come to him in weakness, in need, seeking forgiveness of sin for the corruption of our hearts, Jesus shows us the gentleness, the gentle faithfulness You only need to ask the woman at the well, ask Zacchaeus, ask the woman caught in adultery, ask the tax collector, Matthew. And so we are to be gently faithful like Jesus. As Jesus shows us gentleness, we as followers then display his likeness as a fruit of the Spirit. And this week, as I've been looking through the scriptures, and particularly the New Testament, I've just seen how much gentleness appears, particularly in the letters. And I've not noticed it before. It's quite striking that I've not noticed it before. Why have I not noticed it? Because it's there in so many places. I'll give you a a few examples. Ephesians 4 says, verse 1, I urge you, be completely humble and gentle, Be patient, bearing with one another. Uh, Philippians 4, 5 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Colossians 3, 12. Therefore, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And just so you don't think it's just Paul that does it, Peter in 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. It's everywhere. And of course what happens when we're not like this? Well, Galatians 5 in our reading, we heard about the sinful nature When we're not gentle, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, they all come into view, don't they? But notice how gentleness in that reading is not passive. It's not passive. It's not that we just sit back and sort of smile inanely, inanely. especially when it comes to sin. And that's why Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 is very clear. It says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. There's the, the faithfulness. But you restore them gently, it says. That person gently. Carrying each other's burdens 
And in that way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. See how gentleness is at, at work? It's not seeking to be critical or quarrelsome or confrontational. I mean, to be honest, let, you know, most of the time when we try that way of change, it, it doesn't really work, does it? I was thinking about this uh, in the context of meetings. I, I often attend quite a few meetings, as I'm sure many of you do. And you know that the tone and manner really matter in a meeting. You can really bring down the temperature by being gentle about what you're saying. That doesn't mean you don't disagree at times, but you can really bring the temperature down. And so it shows the truth of that proverb. Proverbs 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So as we draw to a close, I want to just share a a personal uh, story from last Friday, in fact. I was shopping at Aldi, and I was in a, a real hurry because Hannah had done a wonderful thing for the family. She had ordered Papa John's pizza for the whole family, and I was just really wanting to get round and get home and stuff my face with pizza. And it well, I decided that what I'd do is I'd just power my way around Aldi, all the aisles, uh, and um, what I did, I got to the, the toiletry section, and I had total moment of, of tunnel vision, a moment of BHAG, if you like. Um, I had an audacious goal to get the toothpaste and get out of there and be gone. And, well, in doing that, I managed to cut up this other lady with my trolley, And she looked at me very disgruntly and said, well, excuse me. And now in that split second, in that moment, I could aggressively assert my right to go for that gap with the trolley saying, I'm in a hurry, I want my pizza, you snooze, you lose. I could have done that. But thankfully... Jesus was very gracious to me. And at that moment, instead, I said, I'm really sorry. I didn't see you there, and I I apologize. And immediately, it it took the sting out of the confrontation that could easily have resulted in those horrible aisle warfares. I'm sure you've seen them. And funnily enough, as we were continuing shopping, I, I kept bumping into her. I felt much more calm shopping, and... She kept smiling back at me in a, in a strange way. Of course, there, there have been other times in my life when it's gone the other way. But I am thankful to God's grace at that moment that gentleness kicked in. And I think it's really important that we don't underestimate the power of gentleness. Well, how do we get this? How do we get this? Well, it's the same answer that we've had every week. We need more of the Spirit working in our lives, in us. Or perhaps to put it differently, the Spirit needs more of us. Have you thought about it in that way? The Spirit needs more of us. Because the reality is the sinful nature, although it's defeated because of the work of Christ on the cross, it still rumbles away in us. 
is still in conflict with the Spirit. And you see, there's often bits of us that remain unconverted, parts of us that are unchanged, where we're harsh and spiky and cruel and abrasive and quarrelsome and angry. And when we're like that, it just, well, it just, frankly, it makes us awkward to be around, doesn't it? Because there's no gentleness in us. And of course, gentleness is not a tone of voice. And you know when someone is faking gentleness, you know what that is. It's, it comes out in that kind of passive aggressiveness. No, the fruit comes out of the heart. And it's there where the Spirit of God needs to prevail, where the Spirit needs to do the deep work within us to turn us into the likeness of Christ. Let's pray, shall we? God, our Father, we know that there are areas in our hearts that remain unconverted, where we're spiky and quarrelsome, where we're, we're angry and we, we're tempted to fly off the handle and seek, self, uh, seek selfish ambition to be a BHAG. And Father, we pray that you would do that deep work within us by your Spirit, that you would make us more like Christ and that we may be like him with gentleness and faithfulness. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.